Chapter 18 A strong wind rattled the window panes. Then Dina heard a sound, a soft rustling. Did you hear that? She asked Jade in a whisper. Jade listened hard. Hear what? There it is again, Dina insisted. I think it's coming from inside the closet. Huh? We searched the closet, Jade replied. Taking a deep breath, Dina stepped around Jade and pulled the closet door all the way open. Nothing in there. Just a pile of women's clothing, sweaters, and skirts. Oh, Dina let out a moan as the clothing started to move. Dina, what is it? Jade moved up behind her. They both stared in shock as the skirts and sweaters began to rise. Two arms shot out from under the clothes. Someone groaned. Dina, Jade, is that you? The clothing fell away. Chuck raised himself to a sitting position on the closet floor. He stared up, squinting against the beam of light. His forehead was bruised, and a wide smear of blood covered the right side of his head. Chuck! Dina managed to choke out. What are you doing in there? Jade demanded. What happened? Where is it? He groaned, rubbing the wound on the side of his head. Where is what? Jade demanded. The money. Someone took the money. He pushed himself to his knees and started to stand up, but he instantly sat down again, holding his head. There's no money here, Dina insisted. What are you talking about? I found it, Chuck mumbled groggily. You found what? Jade cried. You found the money? He nodded, still squinting, still rubbing his head. It was in a metal box under the floorboards. I pulled it out, but then I heard a noise. What happened? Jade asked. That's the last thing I remember, Chuck groaned. He leaned back against the wall of the closet. Someone must have hit me and taken it. Let's talk about it later, Dina urged. We've got to get out of here. Both girls knelt beside Chuck. The hospital bandage around his head had come half unwrapped. Beneath it, Dina could see the stitches from the wound he had received in the fight with Teddy. Next to the stitches, she saw a new cut oozing blood into his hair. You're still bleeding, Jade told him softly. She took an edge of her scarf and tenderly dabbed at the blood. Come on, Chuck, Dina urged. Get up, we'll help you. Leaning heavily on both girls, he managed to stand up. He took a deep breath. Wow, what a headache, he cried. No wonder, Dina told him. You have another big cut on your head. So what happened, Jade asked as they awkwardly made their way into the hallway. I hitched a ride from the hospital, Chuck reported. When I got here, it was still light out. The kitchen door was unlocked, so I came in. Then I started searching for the money, but everything was trashed and ripped apart. Tell me about it, Jade murmured. Anyway, Chuck continued as I helped him down the hall. I tried to think of a weird place Farberson might have hidden the money, some place his girlfriend hadn't thought of. Where would that be? Dina exclaimed. She even ripped off the wallpaper in some of the rooms. Halfway down the hall, Dina stopped. Was that a sound? Footsteps downstairs? No, just the old house creaking in the strong wind. So, where did you look? Jade asked. I realized that Morrison has searched everywhere but the floor, Chuck replied, sounding stronger. So I started going through the house, room by room, searching for any floorboards that seemed loose or didn't seem to match the others. And? Dina asked eagerly. It took me a really long time, Chuck continued. Finally, in the closet of the last bedroom, I found two floorboards that didn't quite match. The wood seemed to be nowhere. I found a letter opener in the desk in the other room. I used it to pry up the boards. And there it was. He stopped for a moment and leaned against the wall. All hundred and five hundred dollar bills. I never saw so much money in my life. It was awesome. And someone hit you and took it, Jade exclaimed. Chuck nodded. I guess. Farberson, Dina said firmly. Farberson was here already. Huh? What are you talking about? Chuck demanded, squinting hard at her. They told Chuck about Farberson's release from prison. That's why we're here, Dina finished. We came to warn you. How long ago did he get out? Chuck demanded. 
We're not positive, Dina replied. Come on, we've got to hurry. But Jade held back, her features tight. He could still be here, she murmured. Barbara Singh could still be in this house. Cool, Chuck cried. Then I could punch out his lights and take the money back from him. Are you crazy? Dina wailed. Chuck, you can hardly walk. Farberson probably has a gun. He nearly killed us once. Let's just get out of this house and go home. Let's get out before he has a chance to come back, Jade urged. All right, all right, Chuck said grudgingly. I'm still a little dizzy. Let's go. Lean on me, Jade instructed. She put one arm around Chuck's waist and began to help him down the stairs. Dina made her way quickly to the living room. As she looked back to Chuck and Jade, it seemed as if they were moving in slow motion. What if Farberson was still in the house? Come on, guys, hurry, she pleaded. We're going as fast as we can, Jade called down. We don't want Chuck to suddenly faint or something. I'm feeling steadier, Chuck said. They reached the bottom of the stairs. Dina saw him pull away from Jade. I can walk on my own now, he reported. They made their way through the darkness to the kitchen. Stepping over the trash on the floor, Dina thought, I hope I never, never, never see this horrible house again. And then a light flared, yellow light, outside the kitchen door flickering in through the filthy window. Someone's out there, Chuck exclaimed. They ducked behind the kitchen counter as the door opened. Wind howled into the room. The light revealed a silhouette of a tall, heavy man. The silhouette of Stanley Barberson. Chapter 19 Dina's legs turned to rubber. Her entire body shuddered. Barberson stood in the doorway, his stern features reflected in the glow of a big camp lantern. Quick, Chuck whispered, and shoved them through a door right behind them. Careful, he cautioned, after he silently pulled the door shut. It's a stairway to the basement. Huddling on the landing, Dina heard Farberson lumber into the house. She stood squeezed between her brother and the wall, terrified, almost afraid to breathe. Behind her, she could feel the damp chill of the basement. She glanced at Jade on the other side of Chuck. Jade stared straight ahead at the door, stiff as a mannequin. Farberson's heavy footsteps came nearer. Was he going to pull open the basement door and find them standing there? No. The footsteps faded into another room. Why did he come back? Dina wondered. He already has the money. What made him come back to this dump? Let's go downstairs, Chuck whispered. There's got to be a way out from there. He took the flashlight from Dina and aimed it on the stairs. They were old and splintered. Several steps were missing. They made their way down slowly. Dina ignored the scuttling sounds, the pittering of tiny feet. The rats can run around all they want, she thought, shivering. I'm going to be out of here in seconds. The basement came dimly into view as Chuck swept a beam of light along the walls and floor. Trash cluttered every inch. Rags, papers, machinery parts, a shovel without a handle. Along the walls, battered cardboard cartons reached to the ceiling. I don't see a window, Jade cried, her voice shaking. There's got to be one, Chuck declared. Follow me. A loud noise behind them made them freeze. It's him, Dina realized. The sound repeated. She raised her eyes to the basement ceiling. Farberson was walking above them. He'll leave soon, she told herself. He'll find what he came for, and he'll leave. And then the three of us can leave too. Come on, Chuck urged. Where's a window? The clomping footsteps stopped. I think he's gone, Jade whispered, eyes raised to the low ceiling. Probably went upstairs, Chuck replied, listening hard. Don't think about him. Let's find a way out of here. Once again, he swept a flashlight around the dark, cluttered basement. Isn't that a window back there? Jade asked. She pointed to the back wall, where the old cartons were piled the highest. Dina squinted and could see it too, a dark rectangle peeking out from behind the stack of cartons. They hurried to the back wall. Come on, Chuck urged. Let's move the boxes. 
The top box was too high to pull down. Chuck piled two cartons beside the tall stack. Then he climbed up on them. As Dina and Jade held his legs steady, he reached up, reached, reached. Look out, he cried. Dina and Jade stumbled back as the carton toppled to the basement floor. You okay, Chuck called, jumping down. It was so heavy, it slipped out of my hands. What if Farberson heard that, Dina wondered out loud. They listened. Silence. Except for the wind battering the house. With the carton out of the way, can we get to the window? Dina asked. Let's see. Chuck boosted himself over the pile of boxes and climbed up to the window. A moment later, he dropped back down to the floor. No way, he said glumly. It's painted shut, and it's too small to climb through anyway. But it's the only window, Jade cried, her face pale in the flashlight's glow. That means we're trapped down here, Dina said. All at once she felt hopeless. Last year was repeating itself. They were trapped here, here in this frightening house, trapped with a killer. Take it easy, Dina, Chuck told her. The basement's a dead end, so we'll just go back out through the house. Are you crazy? cried Dina. He's up there. It's a big house, Chuck replied. Farberson is probably upstairs. It's only a few feet to the kitchen door. All we have to do is make sure the coast is clear and make a run for it. I, I guess, Dina stammered. Hurry, Chuck urged. Let's go back up. Chuck, Jade whispered, grabbing his arm. Better turn off the flashlight. He might see it shining under the door. Good thinking, Chuck agreed. He clicked off the light. Dina shuddered at the thought of climbing the rotted stairs in the dark, but she knew Jade was right. They pulled themselves up slowly, leaning on the narrow banister. They were nearly to the top when the door swung open and a bright light washed over them. Who's there? Farberson bellowed. His eyes narrowed as he studied them, and then an unpleasant smile spread over his round face. A welcoming party, he croaked laughing. You shouldn't have. Really, you shouldn't have. Chapter 20 Dina couldn't take her eyes off Farberson. He had changed a lot in the past year. He was dressed in a faded blue shirt and baggy gray trousers. His face, covered in a growth of whiskers, was leaner. Dark circles ringed his eyes. Get out of our way, Chuck demanded, stepping in front of Jade and Dina. Let us out of here. Farberson didn't budge. He shook his head, his smile slowly fading. Are you for real, kid? I mean it, Chuck insisted. He took another step up the stairs. Not one more step, Farberson said softly. Dina saw something gleam in the man's hand, a small automatic pistol. He raised it slowly and gestured with it. Downstairs, everyone, he instructed quickly. Well, what are you going to do? Dina choked out. Was he going to shoot all three of them and leave them in the basement? Had he been thinking about them all the time he was in prison, planning on taking his revenge? He didn't answer Dina. Hurry, everyone. Watch your step, he called almost cheerfully. Chuck scowled and started to resist. Then Dina saw his expression change. He sighed and led the way back down to the dark, cluttered basement. Good, Farberson said when they had reached the bottom of the steps. He stood a few steps above them, holding the gun steady in his hand. All right, he said. This won't take long. He raised the pistol and aimed it at Dina. Chapter 21 the gun gleamed in the lantern light. Farberson held it steady in his right hand, pointed at Dina's chest. His eyes moved from Dina to Jade to Chuck. I think I've got your attention, he said, snickering. Let's make this short and sweet, okay? He cleared his throat. Just tell me where it is. Tell you where what is, Jade demanded in a quivering voice. Don't play games, Farberson replied without any emotion. The money. Just tell me where the money is, and I'll let you go. 
Huh? The money? But we don't know where it is, Jade insisted. Why are you asking us? Chuck broke in. You took it. Farberson stared at Chuck thoughtfully. He moved the pistol so that it was aiming at Chuck's chest. I'm very disappointed, he murmured. I don't like games. I really don't. It's been a long night, and I'm sure you'd like to go home, right? So tell me where the money is. We don't have it, Dina cried. That's the truth. Then why are you here? Farberson demanded. What are you doing in my house? No one spoke. Dina glanced at Chuck and Jade. They looked as frightened as she felt. Finally, Chuck broke the silence with a long sigh. Okay, okay, he told Farberson. We came here to look for the money. At least I did, but I don't have it. That's the truth, I swear. He raised his right hand as if taking an oath. You're a bad liar, son, Farberson replied. I'm not lying, Chuck protested. If you didn't take the money, then where is it? Farberson demanded. It's not where I hid it. Maybe, maybe someone else took it, Dina suggested in a choked, frightened voice. Like who? Farberson shot back. The Tooth Fairy? We don't have it, Chuck cried. We... I told you, I don't like games, Farberson said, stepping into the basement. I told you, I let you leave as soon as you told me the truth. But, but we are, Dina sputtered. I bet I can make you tell me the truth, Farberson said grimly. He pointed a gun at Dina. You, he barked startling her by raising his voice for the first time. I, I don't know anything, Dina stammered. Go over to that workbench, he ordered, gesturing to a litter-covered table against one wall. You'll find rope there. Bring it over here. Dina continued to stare at him. Now, he snapped, raising the gun as if to hit her. Dina turned and stumbled in the darkness over to the far wall. The bench was covered with rusted tools, stacks of papers, and stained rags. At one end of the table, she found some short coils of rope. Here, she said, handing the rope to Farberson. Good, he snapped. He took one of the lengths and tossed it back to Dina. Take the rope and tie up Buddy Boy here, he squinted at Chuck. What happened to your head, kid? A truck run over it. I got in a fight, Chuck muttered, feeling his wound, and someone just knocked me out. Guess I'm not the only one who doesn't like you, Farberson growled. Aren't you hurting enough? Don't you want to tell me the truth about my money so I don't have to mess you up more? I told you, Chuck started to say. Tie up his hands and feet, Farberson ordered Dina. No, please, Dina begged. Farberson waved the pistol. It's got real bullets in it, he said dryly. I know you kids think this is some kind of Nancy Drew adventure story, but it's not. It's all real, and if I don't get my money, I'm really going to hurt you. Dina swallowed hard. She realized that she had no choice. Chuck turned around and clasped his hands behind his back. Dina began winding the rope around them. She made the knots as loose as possible while pretending to pull them tight. When she'd finished binding Chuck's hands, she turned to Farberson. Should I do his feet now? Just a minute, Farberson snarled. He set his lantern on the floor and walked over to Dina and Chuck. He tugged on the rope around Chuck's hands. Too loose, he fumed. Do you think I'm a moron? Before Dina could back away, Farberson lashed out and slapped her across the face with the back of his hand. Now do it right, he demanded. Dina staggered back against the wall. Blinking back tears, she tried to ignore the stinging pain and unwound the ropes. With trembling hands, she retied them, tighter this time. It took only a few minutes to bind Chuck and Jade. Now they were seated side by side on the cold floor, their backs against the wall, helpless, unable to move their hands or feet. Good job, Farberson said solemnly. Now you, 
He slid the gun into his pants pocket and grabbed Dina's hand. She tried to pull away, but he was much stronger. He jerked her arm so hard she felt it was coming out of the socket. I can make this easier, he threatened. I can knock you out. Dina stopped struggling and stood meekly while Farberson tied her hands together. He shoved her down on the floor and tied her feet next. Then he pushed her against the wall beside Jade. Dina tried to stay in control, to fight the tears that threatened to flow. The ropes bit into her wrists and ankles. Farberson stared at them grimly. I really don't have time for this, he muttered. Does anyone want to save us all a lot of trouble and pain? Anyone want to tell me where my money is? For the last time, Chuck pleaded in a hoarse, frightened voice. We don't know. We'll see, Farberson replied, frowning. I guess we'll see in a few minutes what you know and don't know. Whistling a tuneless melody, he crossed to the other side of the basement where most of the tools were piled. Through the gloom, Dina could see him rummaging around in the piles of junk. Then he straightened up and came lumbering back to them. He was carrying something in each hand. Dina shut her eyes and let out a frightened cry when she saw what he was carrying. A gallon can of gasoline and a chainsaw. Chapter 22 When Dina opened her eyes, she saw Jade twisting at her ropes, struggling to burst free. Chuck stared straight ahead, but Dina caught the fear in his face, saw his chin quivering as Farberson bent over the ugly chainsaw. I wonder if it still cuts, Farberson murmured more to himself than to his prisoners. Dina shuddered. She could still remember her terror a year earlier when Farberson had come after her and Jade with a saw. How helpless they had felt, trapped high in a tree. How the tree had begun to shake as the whirring saw cut into it. Give us a break, Chuck exclaimed. We told you everything we know. I looked for the money, but I didn't find it. We'll see, Farberson replied calmly. Let me get my lie detector running here. Please, Jade begged. Please let us go. We won't tell anyone we saw you. We'll, we'll help you look for the money, she volunteered. Yeah, Dina chimed in. That's right. We'll help you look for it. Ignoring them, Farberson opened the can of gasoline. Then he tilted it over the chainsaw's tank. The gasoline made a glug-glug-glug sound as it flowed into the saw. Dina suddenly pictured her room at home, so warm, so comfortable, so safe. I wonder if I'll ever see it again, she thought. A loud sob escaped her throat. Farberson glanced up. Were you volunteering to go first? he asked Dina. No, I... Dina started to say, but her voice cracked. She felt hot tears rolling down her cheeks. Okay. I think the lie detector is ready, Farberson told her. You can go first. He tugged at the rope. The chainsaw coughed but didn't start. Please don't start, Dina begged silently. Please don't work. But with the second tug of the rope, the chainsaw roared to life. At the sound of the grinding whine, Dina felt her stomach lurch. When she and Jade had been imprisoned in a tree, the grinding, ear-jarring roar had been the most terrifying part of their ordeal. The chainsaw's shrill whine echoed through the dark basement. As if hypnotized, Dina stared at it. Stared at the whirling chain, the sharp, rotating teeth. You've got to believe us, Dina wailed, tears sliding down her cheeks. But she knew that Farberson couldn't hear her above the roar. Farberson's face was set in determination, his eyes narrowed. He cut through the air with a saw, swooping it low over Dina's feet. Dina pressed back against the stone wall, her entire body rigid as if she had died, as if she were already stiffening up. Farberson swoops the roaring saw down again. Dina shut her eyes. Is he really going to cut us? Why won't he believe us? Farberson bent low, his face hovering over Dina's, so low she could smell onions on his breath. Do you want to tell me now? He shouted. Where is it? 
Where is the money? I don't know, Dina screamed. I really don't know. Think hard, he bellowed. Does this help you think? He brought the saw high up in the air, then began to lower it. Dina couldn't move, couldn't blink, couldn't take her eyes from the worrying teeth of the blade. Tell me, Farberson demanded furiously. Someone, tell me where the money is. Tell me now, or I'll cut her. I'll cut her bad. Stop it, Chuck yelled. Jade let out a horrified shriek, the shrill sound blending with the whine of the chainsaw. Slowly, slowly, Farberson lowered the saw toward Dina's shoulder. Chapter 23 Dina opened her mouth to scream, but no sound came out. The saw loomed so near she could feel the hot air from its whirring chain. She pressed her back hard into the stone wall, trying to disappear. The whining roar cut through her mind, sharp as the teeth on the hovering chainsaw. Farberson lowered the saw closer, closer, so close she could see every detail of his hands. She could see the hair on the back of his hand, the dirt under his fingernails, the white marks across his knuckles as he squeezed tight on the handle. He's going to cut me, Dina knew. He isn't faking. He's going to cut me now. She shut her eyes as a grinding roar vibrated her entire body. Stop! Chuck's desperate cry from beside her. Stop! Dina opened her eyes. Farberson raised the saw an inch. Two inches. Don't hurt her, Chuck screamed. I'll tell you the truth. Farberson straightened up. He held the saw over Dina, but he shifted his gaze to Chuck. Please stop, Chuck repeated. I'll tell you everything I know. I'm waiting, shouted Farberson. First, move away from her, Chuck demanded. You aren't in any position to bargain, Farberson replied sharply. Now, tell me where the money is. I don't know where it is, Chuck began, but... No good, Farberson shouted. He turned and lowered a chainsaw over Dina. Dina screamed. Wait, Chuck yelled. Listen to me. Farberson's face reflected his disgust. He switched the chainsaw off. The silence seemed as loud as the chainsaw's roar. Dina sucked in a deep breath. Tears rolled down her cheeks. Her chest heaved. Her entire body trembled. Beside her, she heard Jade sobbing. All right, Farberson demanded. Let's hear it. You were right, Chuck told him. I came here to look for the money, and the truth is that I found it. Where? Farberson demanded. A crafty smile had spread over his face. In the last bedroom upstairs, Chuck said, in the closet, under some loose floorboards. Farberson shifted slightly. His entire attention was now on Chuck. So where is it? he demanded. I don't know, Chuck told him. Farberson made a snarling noise and moved the chainsaw in his hands. Desperately, Chuck added, Someone hit me and took it. When I woke up, I was lying in the closet, and the money was gone. For a moment, Farberson stared at Chuck. Then he shook his head. You found the money, and someone else stole it, he said sarcastically. This house sure is crowded tonight. That's what happened, Chuck insisted shrilly. Farberson shook his head. No way I'm going to believe that, he growled. It's the truth, Chuck cried. I found it. I had it in my hands. But someone took it from me. I guess you don't care so much about your friend after all, Farberson snapped. I'm telling you the truth, Chuck insisted, pleading. You know what, said Farberson. I don't care if it is. I don't have my money. But I do have you, exactly where I want you. He shifted the chainsaw. You've been nothing but trouble to me, he growled. Everything that's happened has been your fault. Wait, Chuck cried. But Farberson wasn't listening. His eyes grew wide with excitement. His face tightened. With a hard yank, 
he started up the saw again. Dina stared up in terror as Farberson hovered over her again. She could see the wild glow in his eyes. He's gone over the edge, she realized. He doesn't even care about the money. He doesn't care what he does to us. He wants revenge. Farberson inched closer, closer still. The shrill whine of the blade cut through Dina's mind. The worrying teeth lowered toward her throat. He isn't going to stop this time, Dina knew. He isn't going to stop.